turned towards him, and even in the dark he could see their angry stares. The pulse echoing through the almost empty room, disturbing the immersion of the film, that wonderful, longed-for loss of control. All gone now. He let it ring a couple of times more, then pressed the small black button, got up, adjusted his trousers, sighed, and said goodbye to La Dolce Vita. He'd left his umbrella at the cinema, and by the time he got to the scene he was soaked, and in a bad mood. He'd intended to spend the afternoon locked away in the shelter of the screen, a Fellini double bill, a thermos of coffee and a slice of blackcurrant cheesecake. There was nothing else to do on such days. Days when the rain seemed like a dark cloud permanently orbiting the city. Detective Van Hain. Someone was calling him, but he was still thinking about the face of Anukeme, the way her eyes seemed to dance when she spoke, the small upcurl of her top lip. Detective? He saw the lieutenant approaching hesitantly, and he made an effort to smile, to pretend he was glad to see him. Yan was one of the few officers who didn't laugh behind his back these days, who had seen the incident at the canal as just a stupid accident, nothing more. The kind of thing that happened to all cops, even the best ones. What is it this time, Jan? He looked towards the park, the hedges glistening with rain, the huddle of people staring at something on the ground. Take a look, the lieutenant shrugged. Van Hain could see he was tired. He was found by a dog. Half an hour ago, Jan added. A dog? Did this dog also call us and report it? Immediately he felt bad about this, but it was too much to say sorry in the rain. Too much just now, and he let it ride. No, his owner's over there. Seems eager to talk about it. Aren't they all? Van Hain wiped the rain from his eyebrows. Get him off the scene. Take his statement and send him home. Van Hain watched as the lieutenant turned away and disappeared into the rain. He saw the gradually forming pack of spectators, all whisper and expectancy, standing on the other side of the road. He didn't understand these people who congregated around murder scenes and accidents, straining for a glimpse, taking home movies, popping flashbulbs, impersonating journalists. They were like the dark twins of those birth addicts, who roam hospitals pretending to be expectant fathers, shivering and sweating in anticipation of glimpsing the shuddering, bloody expulsion that brings us all into this life. It was like watching something being born. He had to admit to himself. But as he got older, he was becoming less and less tolerant of these people and the way they interfered with his work. Their foolish belief that they could learn something in observing death. Their hunger for tragedy. He lit a cigarette, postponing things for at least another few minutes. He managed to smoke it a third of the way down before the rain got to that, too. The man lay face down between two sets of bushes in a small, hedged-in space, a pinprick of green amid the purples and blues of Amsterdam's red light district. Van Hain took a deep breath that tasted of diesel and sweat and approached the body. The dead man wore a dirty brown overcoat, once expensive perhaps, but now rubbed and lined with street debris, 
mud and rain. Blue jeans that were no longer blue, but a shade Van Hain had never seen before, somewhere between stone white and the colour of sea mist in Lake Dresdal. No shoes or socks. Van Hain knelt down and had a closer look. He felt the cheesecake coming up and had to turn away, take a deep breath of wet air before he was able to continue. He cursed the fact that he'd put a new battery in his beeper that morning. Should have just let the damn thing run out. There was something wrong about the man's feet, the dark and calloused skin, the white flash of scars running up and down, disappearing into the cuffs of his jeans. Van Hain took a sharp swallow of air, felt it crease into his stomach. Not just another dead tramp, then but something else.